Well, hi, everybody. This is Heidi St. John coming to you live from the floor of the National Religious Broadcasters Association right here in Orlando, Florida. The interview I'm about to air was done with my friend Raymond Arroyo. Some of you guys might know him. He's a Fox News contributor, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm speaking to him today about a brand new project that you are going to love. And it's part of his series that's going to be introducing young people to some of the heroes of the country. And so today we're going to be talking about Thomas Alva Edison. And the most important thing you're going to hear from Raymond today is the influence that his mother had on his life. This is going to be a great conversation. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So you guys, I'm really thrilled to have New York Times bestselling author and Fox News contributor Raymond Arroyo on the show. He's got a brand new book in a series you guys are going to love. Welcome. I'm glad that you're here. Heidi, I'm delighted to be with you. And, and particularly because this first book in the Turnabout Tales series, it really is about the guy I consider the patron saint of homeschooling. Yes. Thomas Alva Edison. But the real hero of this book, even on the cover... In the background there his mother. is his mother, Nancy. Come on, it's his mother. Yeah, who's been kind of forgotten in this story. Yeah. And I'll tell you how I discovered this and then why I wanted to make this what I call a family read. Picture books, people crudely I'm, call them family reads I in my world. I love it. I love um, it. I, I wanted everybody to have access to it. But I read one of these big Edison biographies, Heidi. And in the back, I always read the last chapter Me first. Me too. Yeah. Well, it's I went to the last chapter. It, it's a good habit. You know why? <laughs> you figure out, if, is the squeeze, juice worth the squeeze? Yeah, yeah. So in the back of it, there was an interview with Edison in his 80s. And he said, my mother was the making of me. She allowed me to follow my bent. And at a particular time in my life, but for her love and devotion, I should never have become an inventor. And when I saw that, I said, who is this mama? What is the crisis point in his life? This is the story I need to tell. I love it. You know, as a homeschool mom myself, mm. uh, I can tell you that my theme and my the guiding principle for me in homeschooling my kids is to fold them where they're bent. Oh, so we it. have taken that approach with all seven of our children. Uh, some uh. of them have gone into full-time ministry. Our daughter, uh, Sierra, is a full-time graphic designer. We've got grandkids now. Wow. And my daughter, Savannah, is looking to see where is the bend that I can fold along in these kids, right? Because they come to us that way. And it That's sounds right. like this was this was the driving force behind uh, the childhood and the eventual, you know, uncovering of the genius right. of Tom Alvis Edison. Well, his mother saw, and the book captures the curiosity, the rambunctious curiosity of this young boy. I mean, he wanted to figure out how honey was made, so he ripped open beehives. He wanted to find out how <laughs> fire worked, so he lit a blaze in the barn, burned it down. Now, we're not suggesting the kids need to burn don't down the house. Don't try this at home. Yeah, Literally, don't, do don't try that at home. But the other things are important. His mother allowed him freedom to explore and ask all those questions. Yes. But very likely, Thomas Edison had ADHD. Six million children in America are diagnosed with it. It's not a liability. It's a superpower. And yes. I tell kids that all the time. Uh, in fact, a lot of children during school visits say, Mr. Arroyo, did Thomas Alva Edison take medicine for his ADHD? Oh, I said, no, my. he didn't. He accommodated it. Yep. And he learned to use it. Yes. And the truth is... He was also probably deaf by, well, we know he was deaf by 12 years old and very likely had ADHD. Profoundly deaf? Oh, yeah, like couldn't hear. Are you kidding? Yeah. I did not know And this. that made him somewhat isolated by his own admission, isolated and withdrawn. But he said, 
the deafness probably drove me to reading. And I could deeply consider questions and focus on them with no distraction. Wow. Therein lies, really, the genius of Edison. And he said it himself. He said, the genius, I'm not a genius. He said, the genius is sticking to the problem. Yes. Don't give up. There's always one better way, he used to say. He found that as a very young boy. But the turning point tale, the centerpiece of this story is when he was eight years old, Edison is enrolled in a local school, one-room schoolhouse. He goes through the lessons. I wouldn't mind getting back to that. Well, that's homeschooling. Except one it was room schoolhouse. It was rote learning and memorization. Ah, okay, so it didn't fit him. Didn't fit him. And yeah. he's daydreaming and he's looking around. He couldn't he's remember. Frustrated. The teacher picks him up one day and says, You're addle brained and can't be taught. He runs home crying to his mother. He's thrown out of school at eight years old. Nancy Edison takes him to school the next day and says to the schoolmaster, My son has more intelligence and curiosity than you'll ever have. I'm going to take him home and Love homeschool her. him. Yes. She's the hero of Have the piece. Have you ever met Zan Tyler? No. You need to. I'm going to connect you. Zan Tyler, who was, I think, a, one of the homeschool heroes in the 80s. Same thing happened to her. She wow. had a child with special needs in the public school. They basically said, you're too dumb to learn. So she said, fine, I'm going to homeschool him. And they said, fine, you homeschool your kid, we'll throw you in jail. <gasps> so her answer to that, this is the 80s, Raymond. This was not that long ago, right? Wow. Her answer to that was to team up with our friend Mike Ferris and write the homeschool law oh, that made homeschooling legal in the state of uh, I knew South her Carolina. Name. I didn't know. Yeah, amazing, amazing woman. And really, it just shows the determination of a mother yep. who loves her child. Yes. And, she, and Nancy Edison did something that later in life, Thomas Edison said, My mother taught me how to read deeply, quickly, and that training has stayed with me through my life because she taught me to learn with my head and learn with my hands. Mm. So he was a kinetic learner, and that tinkering was the heart of all of his invention. He tinkers, he plays, he refines, he perfects, he keeps pushing. He had, by the way, the light bulb. We take the light bulb for granted. Yep. Edison refined the light bulb. He didn't create it. There were arc lights, there were other versions of light bulbs. The problem is no one could figure out how to keep it aglow for any length of time. And so he's tinkering, tinkering. Tinkering, tinkering with his mucker, muckers, he called them in the lab. They went through 6,000 different filaments to try to conduct electricity until he came upon carbonized thread and later bamboo, which was the filament in the light bulb right up until the 1980s. Oh, my. So Edison, the genius of the way we're communicating now, the microphone, the receiver yep. that we on the this telephone. This little one in my, in my yeah. ear, yeah. The, the, uh, the motion picture camera, yeah. the curling iron, the tattoo pen, the alkaline battery, all of this is Thomas Alva Edison. That is remarkable. You, hit, you touched on something. I want to go back to it really yeah. quickly because you mentioned that uh, Thomas Edison was a kinesthetic learner. Yes. And as uh, a lot of people are learning, if you're, if you're new to homeschooling and you're trying to figure out how does my child learn, I remember because my son Skylar, who you met today, yes. he was a, he was and is, I think, still a kinesthetic learner. And when I was growing up, and I'm sure this was the same for you, which were the kids that were always in the in the principal's office? Those were the ones. Yeah, <laughs> those were the kinesthetic learners. These were the ones who were messing with gum under right. the table, or they couldn't sit still. And my friend said, Heidi, I think you, I think Skylar might be a kinesthetic learner. And I said, No, I don't believe in that. That's just a child who needs a little bit more mm. discipline, more self-discipline, whatever. She said, No, I promise you, give him some Lincoln logs or some Legos. And while the next time you're reading to him, let him play. And I'm telling you what, 
I took her advice and the very next day I kept, you know, homeschooling the kids like I always did, but I gave Skylar a bucket of Legos. And he never looked up at me a single time and I thought, he's not listening. And at the end of the day, I said, Skylar, tell me about Thomas Jefferson because we were studying Thomas Jefferson mm-hmm. that day. And he knew the answers to the questions. He absolutely processed through movement. Right. And I think what a beautiful freedom that mothers have, particularly through homeschooling, to watch and see how does my child process information. And only a mother or a father that close to the child will understand not only how do they learn best, but the possibilities of that child. That's right. Nancy Edison saw the possibility. She fed him the classics. And I'm talking eight years old, nine years old. They Les can Rob, uh, the Dickens, and I've held them in my hand. The, the electric compendiums and scientific compendiums of the day. You can go to the Edison lab, and I have, and they will pull these books for you. I have, I've seen, I've held in my hand the first sketch of the phonograph that Edison made. He, he learned by hand until he was an old man. That's the 3, kinesthetic 3, learner in him. 3,000 notebooks. Yeah. 3,000. So he would sketch things out, work the problems out, hand it off to the workmen. They would create these inventions, but they were his brainchild, created the same way he created when he was a boy in the living room of Nancy Edison. This is phenomenal. This is the first in a series of books that you're writing called Turnabout Tales, which I am now a super fan of. (laughs) Uh, All all Raymond had to do was just give me the the two-minute scoop. The pitch. Yeah, and I was like, dude, I'm sold. What do you want me to do? I mean, you know, I'm hired. Let's do the thing. So I love this because what you're doing is you're saying these kids had challenges. And they, they face them and their pathway turn. And, I, and you see Nancy uh, Edison helping yeah. her son navigate through uh, this, these challenges. And, and this then, is our calling as parents. Yes. And it's then what history we're here changes. For. Yes. And 100%. all of history might hinge on your decisions and advocacy of that child. Yes. And, you know, uh, th- there was just a few weeks ago, somebody called my attention to this. Edison's piano is being auctioned off right now. Well, I, I pulled it up. I looked at it. On the clapboard that covers the keys, uh-huh. the far edge, the right-hand edge of the clapboard, it's all gnarled like somebody scratched it or gnawed at it. It's all, it's all garbled at one end. Turns out Edison was deaf at that point, but he had a record label and the phonograph. He was recording music on the second floor of his lab. Hundreds of musicians recorded there, but he couldn't really hear. He would bite down on the clapboard so he could hear the music. It was like the a vibration. cochlear implant. Yes, wow. the vibration in his skull. So the forward-looking genius of this man, by the way, he was very close to Henry Ford. He created the first electric car. Henry Ford said, you can't reproduce this. It's too expensive. The battery's too expensive. We can't do this. We just saw a model of that car. I was speaking for the Washington Republican Party the other day at a giant car museum. Oh, my God. And my husband was like, Heidi, that's an electric car. I was like, no way. You do the history of this thing. It was amazing, the genius, these men who really existed before their time. And it sounds like uh, Thomas Edison was was one of those men. Still souls, sometimes people who are not, forward or gregarious or loud those still waters run very Absolutely. deep but they're profound and important for all of us yeah and and so that's kind of the backdrop of the story i learned so much about edison i i thought i knew him because of the creations i didn't really know him 
until I, I went on this journey. It's been really amazing. Well, you, you just, you've just told the story of every homeschool dad ever <laughs> who's like, you know, I didn't really understand history until I had to teach it in right. a homeschool situation, exactly. or I didn't really know until I went and wrote a children's book. Uh, this is beautifully illustrated, Thank very you. well written. And Christina German, my, who's a German Incredible. illustrator, Christina herself, I found out later, is deaf. She's hearing impaired and You're can't kidding. hear. So she related in an interesting way to Edison, um, which, by the way, the deafness is just, I mentioned in passing in the book, but it's not a centerpiece. But I love that it's part of a series. It's a way to introduce children to history and excite them about the foibles and the failings and the obstacles that they encounter in their own, yeah. own lives. I mean, yeah. I was thrown out of school at, in second grade, uh, you know, third grade, third grade. <laughs> but, but I was thrown out. Why? Talking out of turn. Yeah. And clowning around yes. because I wasn't being challenged. Yep, yep. And it took my parents to realize that and then accommodate the learning to the child, yes. not the child to the learning. And He's talking you guys into homeschooling. If you haven't started yeah. homeschooling yet, uh, Raymond here is going to be the new ambassador. Well, we have to catch up. Yes. I mean, I, I think so many children are slipping through the cracks because you have a system that allows it. Well, not only allows it, tries to squeeze children into these pre-made boxes. Yeah. No life, no soul is contained in a box that the government creates. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. We have to be more flexible and movable and accommodate that child's yeah. way of learning and path of learning. It's and so interesting. It's cool. uh, you know, I would imagine you and I are in school around the same around the same era. And I look back at my report cards from grade school. And I got good grades, but my teachers are like, Heidi talks too much. Every single one of them, because they were handwritten back in the day, yes, right? Yes, they are. So I look at my report cards, every single one of them, Heidi's a great student, but she talks too much. Won't Always passing, up. A won't, won't shut up. No one ever said, I wonder if you might be a teacher. Right. I wonder if you might uh, go into media. Right. No one ever said that. Instead, it was, no. sit down, be quiet, stop no. talking. And I wonder what would happen if we could take a generation of kids mm. who are really being overlooked because they don't fit the status quo or they no. go outside of this prescribed box that we want them to fit into. Heidi, I didn't blossom until really high school. And it was, well, the, earlier, but in high school, I went to an arts high school half the day and my parochial high school the other half of the day. Because of the challenge of that, I had no lunch. My lunch was commuting between the two schools. Oh, but it raises the bar. Suddenly you've got projects and, yeah. and performances yep. needed here. Yep. And you've got your schoolwork. And it readjusts your mind yes. and challenges you on a different level. That was really the making of me. So sometimes, that, again, it was an unorthodox, odd way of learning. But my parents were willing to go down the path with me. And thank God for them. Thank God for the it. teachers and the people who allowed it. Raymond, you have another book coming out right after this one. Tell us about it. It is about the last youngest son of Abraham Lincoln, Tad Lincoln. And it's called um, The Magnificent Mischief of Tad Lincoln. And it is this book, Edison, is about how a mother, Nancy Edison, saves her son and sets him on his path. The Tad Lincoln story, without giving too much of it away, is really about a son saving the father in the midst of his darkest crisis mm. and... Together, they are really to blame for one of our, to blame, they are really to be credited for one of our great national holidays and a tradition that is exercised to this moment. I won't spoil it, but it's a really cool story. And it, it, the backdrop is a story of mercy and forgiveness and really love and how family is the foundation and can be your 
defense and 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 solid ground even when the world is falling apart. Wow. Well, it's an amazing story. Raymond, I'm your new super fan, oh, and uh, I you, love Heidi. this. I love that the first book really focuses on a mother's love for her son yeah. and trying to figure out how to how to fold this kid along the yeah. bend that God gave uh, him to her with. Yeah. And the next book's going to focus on a father's love for his son yeah. and the blessing of family. We need to change the narrative on faith and family here in the United States. This is a great way to do it. Uh, Raymond Arroyo, where can people find your book? Oh, my goodness. Go to Amazon. Go to Barnes & Noble. You can find it wherever books are are sold. Uh, and, and HarperCollins, Zondervan is my publisher. Um, also, if you go on my social media, on my Twitter and my Facebook feeds, at Raymond Arroyo, you will find links... I went to the Edison lab and I shot inside the lab at different places. So if you've read the book, you can go and see his sketches, his uh. office, how the, the final office of Edison, where he spent 40 years in West Orange, the final Edison lab, it looks like a three-story library. This was his office, surrounded wow. by books with a, with a table in the middle of the room where he would experiment and tinker and work. That's where he perfected the alkaline battery and the production of the light bulb in that facility. That's it is amazing. amazing. That is amazing. So for all of you moms out there or, and dads who maybe have a kinesthetic learner on your hand, uh, a, a child who doesn't learn in a prescriptive method, this is a story of encouragement and inspiration. And Raymond Arroyo, it's just been an absolute Heidi, joy to pleasure. have you here. I'm your new super fan. Oh, I'm your super <laughs> fan. Thank you for what you do and for what you've done. Most importantly, for your family. Thank it's, you so much. It's critical. I mean, you see it in Skylar when he's nice to me. I see it. <laughs> but um, but I, I, it's the most important thing, the reason we're here, yeah. is really to tend to these lives that are with us for a little bit yeah. and to set them on their course to be great citizens and great souls and great people. And you've done that. And that's what I hope in a Thank small you. way I'm helping to encourage. I love books. this. Uh, for those of you who are watching, Online, this is The Unexpected Light of Thomas Alva Edison. Run, don't walk, and get a copy of this book and read it out loud. You guys know me. I'm a super fan of bringing back Story Hour at home. Yay. This is a great place to start. Raymond Arroyo, thank, thank you for you, joining Heidi. me. What a pleasure. Everybody else, thank you so much for listening today, and I'll see you right back here again at the intersection of faith and